Hi, Amplify Church. Welcome to Church Online. I'm so glad you're here and have come back to join us today. Uh, if you take a second and comment, say you're here, say hi, we'd love to know that you're joining us and I'm thankful for you. What a week it's been. I saw some memes this week that made me laugh. Here's one. If you're having trouble forcing yourself to stay home, then just shave off your eyebrows. Isn't that a great idea? You're, you're picturing me without eyebrows right now, aren't you? I saw one, and I think this is appropriate. I need to practice social distancing from, and then fill in the blank. And the fill in the blank was from the refrigerator. All right, so I want you to take a moment. I want you to say to the person with you or think to yourself, what is something besides a person that you probably need to social distance yourself from? Go ahead. I'll wait. Well, welcome back. I uh, hope you, hope you uh, didn't have to distance from the refrigerator like probably I need to. Uh, I'm going to give you um, just a, um, a quick story I want to tell you today before we get started. One of the things I want you to remember, though, is last week we talked about the fact that fear is a liar. We still believe that. Today I want to talk to you about the fact that um, God has this moment for you to step into. Despite the fact that it feels like the unknown is happening and you don't know what you're stepping into, I think God has positioned you as the body of Christ and as a believer to actually step into this moment and seize the opportunity for the kingdom. When I was a kid, um, it was uh, 1984, I was five years old, and I walked into my uh, first grade class with a pencil box and a trapper keeper and my book bag, and I was tiny, and my teacher, Miss Smith, sat me down at my desk. Well, there was a boy beside me who liked my pencil box. My pencil box was um, pictures of all 40 presidents, only 40 at that time, and Reagan was president. And so all 40 presidents were on this thing, and he said uh, he thought it would look better if we took stickers and put them on each president's face. So there was like a... There was like a, a pickle president, there was a turnip president, there was a carrot president. So, and he did this, and then he, did, and then he convinced me, hey, instead of having all your organized little pencils, because I was that weird organized kid, then they just take all my pencils and shavings and crayons and broken crayons, and just, you keep all of them, in, and I'll just, you can have all of them. So he just dumped them into my crayon, or my pencil box. And it tore me out of frame, but I didn't tell anybody. So I went home for days, and I just didn't act right. My parents, what's wrong? What's wrong? My teacher had inquired, what's wrong with you? And I just was so held by the frustration and the overwhelm of what had just happened to my pencil box, to my, to my organized pencils, that I kind of just wasn't able to function anymore. And I just stayed in, in worry and frustration. Now, one of the things I learned in that experience was sometimes you got to take care of yourself. But everybody has a story like that to varying degrees. What we eventually learn as we get older is we take care of ourselves, and that evolves into take care of yourself first and at all costs. And as we age, unless that is corrected, unless the gospel gets into our heart and softens it, that, that thought, that feeling of me first gets cemented into our way of living. It kind of evolves into just being an overarching approach to our life. I want to read a scripture with you, uh, Romans chapter 6. This is, what it, this is what it says. You'll see it with me. But now that you have been set free, speaking to the Christian, from sin and become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. So as a Christian, we are literally 
rewarded by becoming a new person. And as we grow, the Bible says, in holiness or being more like Christ, the resulting gift is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And he becomes our example. I'll show you this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Philippians, it says this, that he is he did nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, he valued others above himself, not looking to his own interests, but to the interests of others. In our relationships with one another, have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, the Bible says, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped to his own advantage. But rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As a Christian, your role is to know that the gift you've been given is salvation and that it's full life on this earth. And then the example is Jesus Christ, who didn't just take his, um, his place and say, well, I'm here, serve me. No, he said, I'm here to be a servant. And it's flipped because it's not take care of me first, it's let me help you and love you and take care of you. And so you find yourself unable to maybe get past your circumstances, uh, to see those around you. I want to challenge you for just a moment as a Christ follower to look beyond where you're, um, you're are in, you are in this moment, to look uh, around the corner to kind of see that uh, people around you might be frazzled or emotionally, they're afraid or um, some are angry. It seems like everybody's kind of uh, polarized. Some people think that it's the end of the world. Other people think this is just a conspiracy and, you know, there's everybody in between. And some people just feel afraid. Some people feel angry. And most people feel uncertain. And some are panicked by finances. I want to encourage you with this word from the, from, uh, the Bible. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this, Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or what your body will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the bird of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. And he asked this question, are you not much more valuable than they? And here's what I want you to really know. Since God is looking out for you, now you can look out for others. If you fully trust that God is looking out for you, which I believe he is, and he has his, your best interest at heart, and he is good, and he is, um, he is gracious to you, and he is, has saved you, and he is um, a good father, then, then you can know that if he's got you taken care of, and you're much more important than the birds of the air to him, then now you can look to others. I want to challenge you in a couple ways today to just look to others. Um, the first place I would look is to your family, whether that be in your home, whether that be those around you who are extended. Uh, your family is your first mission field. We say that. Uh, since it seems that we, we're stuck together for this time, maybe you take advantage of that. Maybe you, you, um, you, you call somebody you hadn't called in a while. Maybe you use the Parent Q app uh, that Rebecca 
our children's director would allow, uh, has put out there for kids to use and, and goes with the curriculum. And maybe you, maybe you um, get on our Amplify Kids Facebook page or you spend time with your kids. Maybe you have dinner together. You know, we're always running everywhere. And, and maybe you just stop and have dinner together. In this season, we were getting ready to take off. We were getting ready to have soccer, and one of my kids does like a ninja warrior type uh, thing, and, and, and everybody was just gonna, it was just gonna be going, and, and there's a gymnastics uh, class involved with one of the kids, and, and it was gonna be so busy. And we've just kind of scaled back, and here we are. We find ourselves at the dinner table all together, and, and we're working um, to kind of get a rhythm that says, okay, Okay, this is our new normal, so how do we take advantage of that? If they've been at home all day, how do I come in as dad and not add stress to the situation? How do I come in and relieve mom and, and, uh, and uplift kids and not exacerbate them? But how do I help them and grow them up in love? Now, one of the things that you've probably done, since you're probably not going out to eat as much, maybe you do some, but you've probably eaten at home more. Now, take a second and turn to the person either beside you or think to yourself, what is the best meal that I've had at home this week. Go ahead, I'll wait for you. Hey, welcome back. I hope you had some great meals. We have had some awesome meals. My favorite meal my wife makes is a crock pot pork chops. They are amazing. Uh, maybe, maybe in this season, with your family being your first mission field, maybe you guys pray for your family. Men, your, your family needs to hear you pray for them. And so you might get together, like right now we're getting together and we're reading a book called uh, Love Does by uh, Bob Goff for kids. And so he tells a story and then we talk about it and then we pray together. And then I go to each of their rooms and we have this, this race. Whoever gets to your bed first gets the longest snuggle with, with dad or mom. And so then we'll just pray with each one of them because they need to hear us praying over them. Maybe you take more walks in this season. You know, we took a walk the other day, and there was, it was insanity. I mean, there was a baby stroller involved and a dog on a leash who doesn't know how to walk on a leash yet, and, and kids everywhere. There was a kid on a bike, and, and we were just all over the place, but it was a beautiful chaos. And in this season, I think you just ought to get out and take in some moments that maybe you don't normally get to take in. Maybe grandparents, parents, maybe you call and say, hey, how you guys doing, and just check in. Uh, my mom and dad check on us often, and I'm so thankful that um, as I get older, that relationship gets stronger and stronger, and, uh, and they somehow get smarter and smarter. And maybe you play games with your family, and just lighten it up, and just, you know, how do you, you pick a game that's fun and, and, uh, and lifts the spirits of other people? Uh, in our family, we just got a, a puppy, and I don't know if that was a good idea at this point or a bad idea, because sometimes it drives me insane. It's like having another baby, but, I, but it's also been a great experience. Her name's Sandy, and we played a game with Sandy to see who um, Sandy liked the most. And uh, why don't you take a second and just watch this with me? Hey, so clearly I won, and I did not cheat, just so you know. Uh, my kids don't know what they're talking about. Why would I put, ever put peanut butter in my face? But anyway, I'm not that desperate to win. But So uh, anyway, the, your family's your first mission field. Uh, here's, here's number two. Your neighbors are receptive suddenly. Anybody else notice that? Your neighbors are suddenly receptive. So build a relationship. I just met two of my neighbors this week on a walk, 
and they were ready to talk and laugh, and we introduced ourselves. And if, if at some point, if somebody you know a little better, maybe God prompts you to invite them to sit down with you, and maybe, maybe you watch this online church together. Maybe at some point, God uh, gives you the moment where you can invite them to, to know him and, and walk them through being a Christ follower. And I don't know when he'll do that. I don't know that he'll do it right off the, the bat, but I know that as you build relationships, that he'll do that. And, and because they're receptive, we don't want to waste this situation. Of course, you got to keep your distance and all that kind of stuff, but, but God can, can, spay, um, can, can close that gap that would seem like um, we're so distanced when in reality people are so receptive right now. I saw a family last week from our church that had brunch and invited somebody over, and online they said, um, same time, same place next week. That is a fantastic idea, and I just I love that. Uh, one of the things you, I hope you could do to be uh, the body of Christ and to reach people is to text or call or chat with somebody by video uh, because you don't know who needs to hear your voice and your encouragement. I believe this, that the church, churches are being closed. Churches are not being closed. Buildings are closed. You are the church, and you are to remain open. And so as, as the Lord uses you, um, I think you can be proactive in that way. There are two kinds of people, honestly. There are those people that jump right in and call somebody else and reach out to somebody, and thank you for doing that. There are other people who wait and wonder, is anyone going to call me? Does anyone care? Why doesn't anyone care? Nobody cares. Nobody wants me around, and on and on. The truth is, is that somebody would be encouraged to hear your voice, and you, would be, you, you cared enough to pick up a phone and call them or text them or chat with them. We as a church have put our staff in place and a team of volunteers to call everybody in the church and just say, how you doing? Here's the ways to connect on social medias, and we're, we're um, meeting together at noon um, on Facebook, and uh, we're going to have Wednesday night prayer calls, and we're, we're just connecting in different ways, and we're going to have a Sunday morning, and we're going to have some different things coming up. And then they're saying, what kind of prayer requests do you have, and do you need, do you need prayer? Can we pray with you? And, and I'd encourage you to take that and kind of open up to that uh, because we want everybody to know that they are loved and cared for and that everyone is safe and healthy. The trick is to keep it upbeat, right? When you call somebody, don't be like Debbie Downer. I mean, I mean just, just be, be encouraging. And, and um, when, when, when you're positive, people feel refreshed. And when you're negative, it just exhausts you and everybody around you. Don't be that person. When I was younger, I worked in a factory for about three months, and I worked on a dryer, uh, a dryer line where they made dryers, and, and, um, which seems obvious after I say it out loud. But anyway, so now these dryers are moving past us at lightning speed, and everybody seems to be fine, but I'm struggling. I'm the worst factory worker ever um, to ever have worked at that place. And so what would happen is you'd be across somebody who would uh, be kind of you know, person you're looking at for two hours, and then you would rotate, and you'd be looking at somebody else. And what I noticed was when somebody was like Debbie Downer, negative, it drained me. And if I got two or three of, the, two or three of these put in a row, I was just like, oh, I just want to go home. I feel so tired. I'm miserable. But if I got somebody positive or two or three people who were positive, suddenly my day was more optimistic, and I enjoyed what I was doing, and the conversation was good, and, and the clock didn't drag. Be that for somebody. Somebody is excited to hear your voice encourage them. The truth is that it may be we haven't seen the worst yet, if I'm completely honest. So what I don't want, to, what I don't want us to think is, okay, we've gotten to this point. Like, maybe this virus is going to get worse. 
or maybe people being uh, quarantined and isolated, they're going to get depressed and it's going to get worse. And I, I don't know, but I know that you can be as simple as a call or a text or a video chat is, you can be light to somebody that might feel dark when they start to just slide into their own world. And the crisis we have to remember, though it's frustrating that we can't meet together in a building, that's not the crisis. And though we get nervous about finances and our church is in a huge season of like, uh, we're relocating and relaunching and building and all this stuff, the crisis, even though that's scary from my perspective, is not necessarily the financial situation. You've always been faithful and I trust that God will see us through it. The crisis will be when someone you know gets, uh, gets sick and is scared or someone you know um, struggles with this virus and is susceptible and there's nothing you can do and you don't know how to help them. What you can do is be the presence of Christ in the moment to your family and friends. And so if they're receptive to that, then follow the Holy Spirit as he leads you. We're still on mission. The mission is to care for the sick. The mission is to give food to the hungry and pray for our community. And the mission is to love our neighbor. And the mission is to spread, ultimately, the good news of hope and salvation, which is through Jesus Christ. John Wesley said this, your holiness makes you as conspicuous as the sun in the sky. You cannot hide your Christian character. Love cannot be hidden any more than can light. Least of all, it cannot be hidden when it shines forth in action. So when you exercise yourself in a labor of love, any kind of good work, you are observed. And we may as well try to hide a city as to hide a Christian. It is the purpose of God that every Christian should be an open view. We are to give light to all that are in the house. I believe that. And I believe you can be that answer to somebody. The fourth thing is, is you serve a need. I think in this opportunity that we have in front of us, this scary time, I think there's an opportunity for Christians to step out and to serve a need like we've always done, like historically Christians have always done. And I think the world will take notice. You guys did an amazing job delivering um, goods for our Garner Area Ministries, and we were able to take them a $500 check along with a ton of canned items. And last week I said... um, celery instead of cereal, but you figured it out and you brought cereal cereal anyway. Um, But you've been so faithful. You've continued to give to the church, both uh, mailing your tithe in and online. We're so thankful because we can continue to serve. We can keep our doors open. We can continue to be bold and moving into this new season of of, uh, of relaunching and relocating. And um, one of the ways you can serve we're really excited about is Tuesday. So this coming Tuesday, From 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., we're having a blood drive uh, with the Red Cross. And Josh Kane has helped us get that going, and so we're really excited about that. And you might say, a blood drive, like, is that an acceptable practice? Well, actually, it is. Actually, it's an essential practice. And so as people have closed uh, colleges and businesses and all kinds of organizations have kind of shut down, they've eliminated their blood drive. And so actually, there's a crucial emergency Uh, for blood. And when something happens, even beyond coronavirus, when an accident happens, when a surgery happens, when even within our church, there's been a couple of situations recently where uh, families have needed lots of of blood from from donors uh, on top of the crisis that we have. Um, so, So we are able to step in and open our gymnasium, and you're welcome to come from 10 to 3. And and what they've told me is social distancing does not mean 
social disconnecting. So you can still social distance if you're healthy. You can stay uh, far enough apart from people, and the whole situation is very sanitized, hand washing multiple times, and, and the whole process is just uh, very sanitary. In fact, um, around 3,000 blood drives have been canceled, which puts it somewhere in the um, range of 100,000 units of blood as last I heard, which is probably higher now, that have not been donated. So we can step in. This is not a mass gathering. And so you can come between 10 and 3 if it's safe. Your temperature will be taken at the door. If you want to join us, you can. And then hand sanitizer all through it. And um, if you're healthy, we'd love for you to have uh, a chance to serve in that way. If anything changes, we'll alert you by social media and by our email. Um, Distance from what you normally go through may be in this moment what God uses in your real life. This is a different season. I've seen families online sharing uh, that they've gone camping or hiking or uh, they've had a game night, they've had church online and and all these photos of of people uh, that were watching together. There were people who four-wheeled and watched movies and went off-roading. I wanna tell you, I wanna close today by encouraging you for just a moment. I wanna tell you my favorite story in the Old Testament. There were three guys recorded in Daniel chapter three. And they were enslaved and served a king that was arrogant, to say the least. And he built a statue of himself. And when the music played, everybody had to bow to the statue. And they were threatened that if you don't bow to the statue and the music plays, we'll throw you into the fiery furnace. And so they served God Almighty, not some earthly king. And so when it came time for them to bow and the music played, everybody bowed, these guys stayed standing. And the Bible says that that these three replied to the king when he got mad at them. You'll see this. They say, king, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we, throw, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will by his mighty hand. Verse 18, this is what I love. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. I want to close by praying with you, and I want you to take that approach. I want you to believe in God Almighty, that he has, he has this, he is good, he is good to you, that your faith can move mountains. And I want you to stand strong in front of a world that is watching you. Take the opportunity as the Spirit leads you to be God's people. Be cautious, be careful, but be courageous in your faith. Be courageous as you follow the Holy Spirit. And, and I, wanted, I want you to know that if it plays out differently than you had, had thought it would play out, in whatever way, if, if the job doesn't play out the same way, if, if health seems to, to, to falter a little, if, if you know, finances struggle, if relationships are, are tough, whatever it is, you say the same as those three guys. God will provide. Even if he doesn't, I will not bend my knee. I serve him. No circumstance will cause you to walk away from the faith that you have and know inside you. Let me pray for you today. God, we love you. I thank you for Amplified Church. I thank you for people who sat at home and watched this. God, I pray that they would be people of great faith and like those men in the Old Testament, that they would know that you're gonna provide And they will not bend their knee to anything except God Almighty. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. We love you. We love you. We're praying for you.